What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 146, where it is my honor and privilege to introduce a special guest joining this episode, and that is Oakland swimmer Marco Hotonetsky. How are you doing, Marco? Uh, doing well, doing well. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem. So, like I kind of said in the beginning, or at least the introduction, you're a swimmer, and every athlete kind of has a different path to the sport that they play. So, can you kind of talk about how you ended up joining the sport of swimming? Oh, that was actually, I don't know, a funny story, I would say, because uh, I was a kid. I was doing gymnastics for a little bit when I was like three to six, seven years, seven years old, maybe. And then um, kind of quit it, didn't do anything for a year or two. And then I started getting chubby and my mom didn't want me to be a chubby kid. And one day she came back from work. I was laying on the couch. She goes, Mark, would you like to try swimming? I said, yeah, why not? Next week I was in my first practice and uh, it all started since then. Um, all started since then. And then it was, of course, I had a couple of periods as a kid when I didn't want to go to practices and stuff. But then uh, my mom explained to me that I will go to practice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then I started becoming good at it, you know, and uh, everything developed from there. Awesome. So can you kind of talk about your swimming, like, career, like, the path that you mm -hmm. took to become a college swimmer? Like, did you always kind of want to be a college swimmer? When, when did you kind of realize you wanted to be? And then how did you end up choosing Oakland for swimming? Um, so, um, I was just swimming, you know, as a kid four times a week, uh, nothing special. Uh, I was actually doing pretty bad initially, like first year, first two years, but then I started becoming good at it and I uh, started beating kids two years older than me and, um, in my home city of Lviv, Ukraine. And then, um, when I turned 13, I believe I beat, you know, won another regional kind of championship. And uh, my coach came up to me and um, asked me if I would like to, not me, but my mom, because I was way too little, if, uh, you know, we'd be interested in swimming uh, professionally, kind of, like, or like more seriously. And we agreed to it. And then she said, we most likely will have to um, change a place of living for that. And um, I'll have to change a place of living, not my family. And it was a tough decision for my mom to, you know, uh, let me go. But um, um, in the end, I ended up in Kiev, capital of Ukraine, in this uh, Olympic type of uh, college. Yeah, it is named Olympic College, but it's uh, like a boarding school uh, from seventh grade to 11th. We have 11 years of school in Ukraine um, where uh, kids go focusing like 90% of the time only on athletics and academics is not uh, uh, too big of a pressure on kids, you know, but uh, my mom and I uh, were really uh, wanted to keep the academics, um, you know, up to a standard, let's say. So I kept studying well. And then, uh, of course, as a kid, 14, 15 year old, uh, my dream was Olympic swimming and, you know, becoming world champion, Olympic champion, all that stuff. Uh, I did set a uh, junior national record uh, for Ukraine in 200 backstroke short course meters. Um, but then um, when I was turning 17, 18, I went to European Junior uh, Championship. I didn't do too well. And uh, that's when I realized that uh, my dreams, uh, you know, might not be worth it. Um, and I started looking for options. What can I do with my swimming? 
And um, my good friend, I actually didn't know him at the time. He just showed up and we became friends. He went to a university of a Grand Canyon University in uh, Arizona. And he kind of presented me the idea of uh, athletic scholarships in the United States. And I just assumed that it would be a great idea for me to, you know, use my swimming um, to pay for my education, pay for one of the very best educations in the world. Um, you know, Oakland University uh, might not be ranked as one of the very best universities in the country, but worldwide it is still a very good school if you compare it to, you know, other places. So, you know, and having your skills pay for it uh, was a seemed like a very good idea. And uh, within a year, I learned English. I passed the uh, international English test. And um, I actually had a person that would uh, come up with a list uh, that would talk to schools instead of me. And the Oakland was on the list. Um, besides uh, Oakland, I had uh, schools offering me scholarships from um, UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, Pittsburgh University, George Washington, several schools. Um, but Oakland, um, probably was the main one because, uh, because of my good friend, Daniel, uh, Rebelny, uh, we swam together in Ukraine for five years before coming here and he got to Oakland a year before me. And then he introduced me to the coach and uh, the coach called me and, uh, we discussed the possible scholarship opportunities. We agreed on, um, the opportunities and, uh, Within, what, three days, I committed, signed all the papers, and uh, I was enrolling as an Oakland student. Awesome. So what was kind of like that transition like at first when you went from Ukraine to Michigan, especially being um, an athlete going to a Division One school? Was it a pretty kind of difficult difficult transition or because you knew someone at that school he was kind of able to help you kind of transition into college life in the u.s yeah uh, my friend did an incredible job in helping me um of course i still you know because cultures are completely different so i still had that cultural shock let's say you know uh have to behave have to behave in certain situations you know what to say what not to say and um, thank God I had a friend like him that uh, explained everything to me, showed me, you know, little tricks around here and uh, the places and where to go, where not to go, what to do, what not to do, how to talk to people. So he definitely did an incredible job um, uh, helping me. And uh, uh, the most difficult part, I would say, is just the way how different swimming is and um, collegiate swimming and uh, how we do it. Uh, over in Europe, in Ukraine, because usually uh, athletes, swimmers would do one event per day, you know, to be like 100 backstroke, for example, and you would swim in prelims, and then you do it in the afternoon once, and that's it. While well, here, my first dual meet, and I expect to swim, I don't know, one event, maybe one relay or something, and then I'm being put into four events. I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing that, coach. Like, no, no, everybody's doing it, and you'll do it too. So that was kind of interesting. I would uh, not go all out on some some of the swims because I would try to conserve energy for other swims. You know, I was scared of being tired and and all that. But um, within a within one semester, I kind of got used to it. We got maybe in one 
not an argument, but like a discussion with a coach because of that, because like one event, I would just see that I'm leading. And in the very last 15 meters, I would just slow down and cool down pretty much just because I'm ahead. And that doesn't matter how much faster I am than the second place. I'm scoring the same amount of points, you know, but coach still could not see my real time and what I'm capable of. So we got into an argument and he was trying to explain to me why I have to go fast on every single swim. But that was definitely the, the biggest, um, not an issue, but difference, let's say, you know, that I had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That makes complete sense. And I'm assuming over your time, you've kind of changed and where you might sometimes want to slow it down a little bit. I'm assuming you're probably just finishing as strong as um, you can on most events. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So we kind of talked a little bit about your journey coming from Ukraine to the U.S., coming to swim for Oakland. What kind of events do you swim at Oakland and how did this past season go for you? Uh, so um, I'm mainly a backstroker. So uh, uh, medley relays, two medley relay, four medley relay, do backstroke um, part of it. Um, my main events are 100 back, 200 back. But besides that, I'm um, a really good freestyler too. Uh, 200 freestyle, 500 freestyle, decent in 100 freestyle. Um, what else? Won our Horizon League Championship, Conference Championship, and, and set a league record and school record and 200 IM that I didn't swim before this year. Um, so, yeah, these are the kind of events. I used to swim 500 freestyle at Conference Championship, decided to um, – quit it this year i believe it was a proper move correct move uh, and help the team score more points uh by winning two events actually we had won it anyways but still um this past season went pretty well it was really fun season we had um a lot of uh, great competition swim michigan swim all of our conference schools in the season had a great mid-season meet showed some um, really good times and, um, leading up to a conference, coming into a conference championship, we were absolute favorites uh, for the meet, but, um, so like, I believe we were just a little too confident in ourselves. We lost our first relay and, um, uh, we realized in what kind of situations, situation we were and that we actually were underdogs in that meet and, um, we had to catch up to IPUI. And but I'm really glad that we have a team like that. And um, all the guys just um, put maximum effort into that meet, into every swim in afternoon in the mornings. And we ended up uh, victorious over the four day program. Um, time wise, um, I had a really wonderful uh, dual meet season, like um, when we were uh, not papered, when we were not suited up. I still had great swims, uh, my best times um, throughout the uh, four-year period. Mid-season also went really well, uh, showed some best times for a mid-season meet, and the uh, conference championship also went well, besides the fact of two of my main events. Didn't really improve, didn't improve uh, my times, but um, besides that, um, had uh, wonderful swims, uh, take, leading out um, 800 free relay, setting a uh, school record and league record in 200 freestyle and um, 
um, 200 AM winning, setting a couple records. So I'm still excited, happy about it. And uh, we had also an incredible meet um, in Elkhart, Indiana. It was post uh, conference championship. It was national additional championship. And um, we uh, showed some great times there. We showed who Oakland is, that we, uh, uh, you know, belong to a national level of uh, competition. You're competing next to um, Tennessee, Ohio State, um, Purdue, big schools. And uh, we show some good results. Uh, I believe we, yeah, we did place uh, fifth or fourth. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, everybody knew that Oakland was there. We made it loud. Awesome. And it seems like you had a really great season. It seems like Oakland is a great swimming program. I'm pretty sure you guys have kind of dominated your conference for quite a while. And I believe your main head coach um, just retired after um, winning. I don't know how many championships he's won, but it's been quite a few. So it's pretty cool to see a school like Oakland's just dominating, continuing to win conference championship after conference championship. Yeah, that's um, his name is Peter Hovland. His last day is actually uh, May 7th, so it's tomorrow in the office. Um, his last day, he sent us uh, the uh, goodbye emails and everything. I got to meet him on Thursday, I believe, or uh, Friday. It was pretty sad to see him packing his stuff from the office, but yeah, we won Oakland. I mean, not me particularly, 44, uh, 45, but with him as a head coach, I believe 44 consecutive conference championships. And, uh, yeah, that was one of the very closest ones that we had this year, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like like you said, you guys lost that first relay, but then came back throughout the four days. So that's pretty impressive to win 45 straight conference championships. But before we kind of get into more about the accomplishments, more about your accomplishments, maybe even your struggles throughout the sport, I do have a couple kind of – general type questions and the first one of those is do you think anyone can be a swimmer or does it kind of take like a certain person or like certain characteristics for someone to succeed in the sport um depends on uh, what kind of what level of succession you're talking about if we're talking about uh, division two um i don't know middle range swimmer i do believe that uh almost everybody can do it uh, if put enough pressure if put enough effort into that uh but if we're talking about division one still i do believe i do strongly believe that anybody could make it into a d1 program mid-major program if trying hard enough if uh, actually putting effort being smart about it but if we're talking about um ncaa championships if we're talking about um winning NCAA championships, if we're talking world championships, if we're talking Olympics, that definitely takes um, a special person um, because I do believe without talent, you can't quite go too far, uh, especially in the sport of swimming because um, uh, you just, your body decides quite a lot on either you're going to be fast or not, your uh, biological or physical uh, abilities and you know, how your body is built. Of course, you you can overcome it with, uh, um, you know, a lot of effort put into swimming, but to get into that very, very top 
it's a combination of both, you know, extreme talent and um, an incredible effort put into that sport. Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. And before this podcast, you and I talked about kind of the culture of um, swimming. In your opinion, what are like some of the few things that you would either change about the sport or maybe even change about the culture of swimming? Because every like sport has like a different culture. Every sport do like different things because, yeah. So if if there's a few things that you would change about the sport or maybe even the culture of it, what would a few adjustments mm-hmm. you would make? So. Uh, I was looking at, at the sport from like a like a like another perspective for the past year or two, and I do see the improvement, and I do see uh, people getting more engaged in that sport and swimming developing and becoming more popular. But um, it is still, uh, let's be honest, a pretty boring sport if you're not um, uh, educated about swimming, and you have to be quite educated about swimming to understand what's going on. You need to know the rules of why people get disqualified here, why people get disqualified there, and all that type of stuff. But um, <laughs> I, I I just like to have fun swimming, and um, I'm a big fan. Not a big fan, but I do believe that adding maybe a, a little more drama into swimming, you know, could be a beneficial thing because that's all what people like. Uh, let's say that one of the most successful UFC fighters, you know, Conor McGregor. Well, why is he so popular? Besides the fact that he's an incredible fighter, he also likes to create drama. He also likes to make a show. And swimming culture is not like that. Swimming culture, um, in swimming, everybody is very, very polite, let's say, maybe too, 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 um, too polite, too kind, too respectful, too... Um, uh, I don't know. There, there's, it just doesn't make it exciting, you know. And people don't even feel like celebrating their own best times because it's not Olympic gold, you know. They, if you celebrate your win and it's not like a world championship win or a big tournament win, uh, they're kind of looking down and you're like, you're weird. But at the same time, you just posted your lifetime best time, you know, and your best event you've been working so hard on. I do believe you want to celebrate. I do believe you should celebrate, make it loud, make it, I don't know, make a show. Uh, That's what I'm about. And uh, even adding a little bit of trash talk, you know, like people do in NFL, maybe in NBA, especially boxing or um, UFC, all these exciting sports. That's a huge part of what makes that sport exciting. You know, it, it's it's not in, about swimming. You know, there's nothing like that. It's been like that in, let's say, 2008 Olympics. Um, if people are aware of it, so some people from Swimming World are about that 400 free relay United States uh, versus uh, France when France were talking, um, um, you know, trash talking about the United States, how they're just going to come and win it. But then in the end, United States... Uh, came back in a wonderful swim of uh, Lezak and won that uh, relay, and it was massive shock. And of course, that that was probably still the greatest swim of swimming history, you know. And the fact that little trash talk from France made it way better than it actually was, you know. Yeah. So I do believe that could improve um, 
the popularity of the sport would bring more people um, watching the sport, you know, but I definitely do like um, the way swimming is developing at, at, at the moment. I do see uh, more um, content creators uh, in the swim world. So I do like that. I do like to see to see educated people about swimming, talk about swimming. So uh, that's definitely nice. Yeah, and I hope that this podcast can kind of open more eyes to the sport to realize, hey, you know what? It, it can be extremely exciting. Kind of going back to that 2008, really, that anchor leg by Lezak, that whole thing where he was basically right next to the lane line, just kind of creeping up on the French swimmer as it kept going, and the finish being like, I believe, like tenths of a second. Like, that's the craziest and probably best relay, best finish anyone has ever seen. And if if you're listening to that video, it's hard not to get excited. Like, I know there's, like, some, like, really cool, like, football plays, like, memories or, like, game-winning shots in basketball. But if you're listening to that video or watching it, especially if you're an American or maybe even if you're not, like, you feel like you're a part of that and you feel proud that you were that we won and that that's how it ended yeah absolutely and the the big part another part that uh, could make it more exciting is adding the celebration culture as i mentioned you know if you if you look at um football players in nfl uh look at the way to celebrate after this court touchdown you know in swimming, you can win a NCAA tournament, and majority of people would just wave their hand to the camera, smile, and that would be it, you know. In the past, in, in recent years, you know, people started making more fun uh, stuff, you know, as we could see at the ACC Conference Championships and those post-race interviews. Uh, they were having fun with people, and it actually brought more people to swimming, I believe, because, you know, it, it got viral. Um, and um, I do... And as another example of a celebration would be Casper uh, Stokowski uh, winning 100 backstroke in the 2022 NCAA championship. This guy was so excited right after his swim. He hopped out of the pool, got on the pool. To get, not, he got on the, um, on, the, on the starting block and just started screaming, you know. And, of course, some people might say, oh, he's too foolish, you know, all that stuff. But this guy just won a NCAA championship, you know. He, he deserves every single right to act like that and celebrate it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And if even if you don't win an NCAA ch- championship, if you do a PR that you've been working towards and you've kind of mentioned this stuff, you should be able to celebrate. And some people do differently. Like, some people might do that. Some people might slap the wires. Some people might yell, but... Um, yeah, I can definitely see if that starts happening a little bit more. Maybe some people will um, be more interested in the sport outside of just the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we got a couple um, more questions to go. Um, these are kind of more targeted towards um, you because you kind of talked a little bit about some accomplishments. But what would you say are some of your greatest accomplishments and memories um at Oakland like maybe in the pool outside of the pool and can you kind of talk about what those accomplishments mean to you Mm, well um probably my most uh, successful year 
was my freshman year. I don't know what I did not win that year, honestly. Um, I, I didn't win only 100 backstroke my freshman year in the conference championship. But, yeah, I was athlete of the year, freshman of the year. And I was recognized as an athlete of the year at the um, uh, at our Oakland University Athletics. And it was a wonderful year. But um, um, definitely an accomplishment would be to earning enough respect from uh, my um, – peer friends, teammates, um, you know, and actually um, being responsible for them, for being responsible for freshmen, for um, their mindset about swimming, about Oakland, about the traditions and the culture that we have built and developed uh, nonstop here. Um, besides that, um, like uh, achievements in swimming um, would be definitely setting all these records uh, um that i posted so far we'll see how many we have <laughs> how many I, I will set next year if i will any uh but my greatest swims i don't know i do have a special place uh in my um in my heart um for this one swim it was again my freshman year and we were uh, it was a dual meet against northwestern <laughs> And people that are listening to it from my team, uh, they'll have a little laugh at it right now because I never stopped talking about that swim. Um, but it was um, it was the last relay. Of course, we were getting uh, demolished by Northwestern. Not demolished. We still posted some good swims, but they were just better than us. And they decided to split uh, their best swimmers into two um, relays, A and B. And we had our best relay you know, possible in one A relay. And I was a freshman. I don't know, it was me two months into United States uh, uh, swimming and um, I was anchoring the relay. And of course, everybody was down because, you know, we were losing every event. And then we were, you know, in the back, the entire uh, relay behind both of these uh, teams, A and B. And then it was my turn and maybe a 50 before uh, I was anchoring, maybe before 50, uh, um, at 50 before I had to get into the water, I was still very um, not ready to race, not ready to uh, actually show what I can do and uh, try hard and actually, uh, you know, perform well. But um, as soon as I saw, I believe, Mackenzie Flowers, yeah, Mac Flowers, when he was finishing and I was about to dive in, I just told myself, all right, man, just go for it, you know, and I did pull off what Jason Lezak did at that 800, 200, 2008 Olympics. I rode the wave, wave of um, um, the guy that was swimming next to me for a whole 50, entire 50. And I cut up um, their B team maybe at the uh, like a 70-yard mark. And then even going into the last turn, I was still second. But I don't know from where I just got that insane amount of energy and power and then I overtouched the, their A team. So that was uh, definitely the most exciting part because we also had uh, the entire pool filled with OU students um, watching that race. And um, as a freshman, you know, uh, pulling out something like that, you know, um, overcoming and two uh, relays from Northwestern, you know, it was it was definitely big for me. And I have a special place for that for that one swim. Yeah, yeah, that. I definitely would have that in. I definitely would have that 
as a special swim if I was in that same situation. It was kind of like you said, you would you were just a couple of months at Oakland and that's just kind of like your welcome to Oakland moment or like, hey, you know what? I I'm here to stay. Yeah. Like I'm yeah, here absolutely. to compete. So we got about like I said, a couple more um couple couple more questions. We talked about those great accomplishments those memorable swims but at the same time swimming is an extremely grueling sport it's at times not really fun to do um at times you're thinking you're going fast and you're not at all um so can you kind of talk about maybe some of your greatest struggles you have experienced through the sport because you have good days and you have bad days and you have that in all sports but i feel like sometimes swimming is harder because you have the physical aspect of it, but you also have the mental aspect of the sport as well. Um, well, um, I would say that um, a general understanding how the sport works and why you feel bad today or for the entire month or for the entire year, finding reasons for it behind it um, definitely helps you not to give up and fix those problems. Uh, but you know, when you're like a 16, 17 year old kid and you're not, you don't quite understand why this stuff is happening, that definitely can affect your mental health or your motivation. Um, but, um, thank God, you know, you just have to get through it. And if, if you fail, you fail. I mean, so you were not made for that sport and th th that that's your fault completely. Uh, it's th that's what it takes to be an athlete. You know, you have to deal with your mental health. Uh, that that's your job. But um, when you when you become more educated, more experienced, when you go through one season and another season, you are, you 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 start to see a pattern. When in certain periods, after certain practices, after certain weeks and uh, work cycles, you start feeling bad in the water. You don't feel quick, or you might not feel quick, but actually be quick. You still try to figure out how to prepare yourself for the meet, because sometimes it seems like you're doing everything correct, but then at the meet you're still not showing your best times. You know, and um, your understanding is just the main part of it. You know, if you understand why it's happening, you'll have no problems. You'll go through it. You're, you're, every time you have a bad practice, just focus on something that doesn't require you to, you know, work hard, uh, like physically, work more on technical stuff, you know, work in your underwaters or your breakouts. And uh, in the end of the day, it will all um, add up and um, your result will be shown at the uh, final meet or the big meet you're preparing for. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why you have teammates as well. And a team is kind of one of the main reasons why I love sports so much is because you have a team that surrounds you and you have people that support you. So can you kind of talk a little bit about what Oakland and your teammates mean to you because you've been at Oakland for a few years every year you have different teammates you have seniors graduating you have freshmen come in as well but you have that culture of swimming that seems like no matter who comes in or who comes out you always have a really close bond or most of the time have a really close bond with your teammates because you're going through those hard practices and because each of you have been doing the sport for so long uh, well, yeah, I do believe that um, um, 
of course, the head coach, that's um, a big responsibility for that on him. He taught us how to uh, be a great teammates and how to respect, how to help each other, how to push each other. And, um, you know, back at home, swimming was a completely individual sport. My mindset about swimming was completely different. Even when we were at practice, if somebody's late uh, or uh, is finishing the warm up and you're ready to do a main set, the coach goes, he's not going to be helping you swim when you're uh, racing, you know, so go ahead and do your main set, you know, that type of stuff. While here, you all are trying to help each other. You're all trying to be, um, you know, for each other, you know, whenever um, they need you. And uh, whenever somebody has a tough time, you know, waking up to the morning practice, uh, pushing hard uh, the test set or, uh, you know, actually uh, trying hard uh, the, the main set or pushing that last uh, round of, of the set. Um, you know, you just see somebody trying as hard as you do, maybe ha having even worse, worse time than you are right at the moment, you know, and then he looks at you, he goes, come on, last one, fast one. You're like, all right, buddy. Like, yeah, we got this, you know, it never happened back at home, but here I, I, it, the impact that it does on your um, training process is incredible, you know. And um, I do want to say that seniors, every year, every senior year, every senior class is doing a great job in um, um, showing and letting people know what is important in um, the culture of Oakland University Swim and Dive team. And uh, that's why, you know, for 45 years consecutively, Oakland is still victorious, you know, because all the, all the, all the student athletes, all the swimmers in that team, you know, understand what the traditions are and what their responsibilities are when you are a member of that team. Yeah, and you'll get to do that next year again because I think you said you're going yep. for a fifth year, so you get to experience doing that one more time, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get to the last question, which is going to be about advice, this is one of my favorite kind of questions that I ask some athletes because I think it's important to kind of look back at your whole career. So if you're if your younger self that just started swimming was currently sitting in front of you, how would you kind of describe um, your swimming career to your younger self and what would you tell your younger self some things that you wish you knew at that point that you learned or have figured out at this point because everyone starts at one point and throughout their career they learn different things honestly I I've been thinking about it and then, you know everybody asks themselves you know what would you tell a younger self you know and I thought about it in swim wise, you know, what would I tell younger self, you know, what to do in order to get better in swimming and stuff. And honestly, I'm, I am extremely happy with the path and the career I, I'm having, you know, cause it's still not over yet, but for, with what I've been through, I'm extremely happy with that. And uh, all these experiences, I've been really smart about my swimming too. And I honestly would just, tell younger self not to worry about it and you know everything will come because um i i'll be really proud for younger self you know because he was doing everything uh that i would do even now you know yeah that's that's, that's it yeah that's awesome to hear and that's awesome that you're happy with your whole path it seems like 
you've really enjoyed every step of the way. It seems like you've grown yep. every step of the way as well. And I think that gives you a unique opportunity to as well, because there might be some younger swimmers or there might be athletes that are listening to this that might want to be in a position that you are right now, might yeah. want to play their sport in college. So what kind of advice would you tell those individuals that maybe even want to play a sport in college or maybe are even considering joining swimming because it seems like you're extremely passionate about the sport and you want more people to be involved in the sport or at least learn about it yeah so um the main advice would be swim smart and what i mean by that think about your swimming think about every stroke you do think on how to improve your stroke every single time you do a stroke think about your body position and all that uh, because it is way more important to have a proper technique when you're a 16, 14, 13, 12-year-old kid than have a, an incredible endurance and the stamina, you know, instead of doing 7,000-meter 7, practices when you're 14-year-old, I would rather do a 3,000-meter um, practice, you know, just focusing on your technique. All that stuff will come when you're older. You, you, you'll have enough time to work hard in the pool, uh, no doubt. Uh, that that would be my advice, honestly. And um, um, yeah, that's 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 what I would tell. Uh, actually, my younger brother, he's uh, he tried swimming too, and um, I did help coach him. And that's what I've been telling him all the time. Like, don't like you will have time to work hard in the pool. Just focus on your technique. Just improving your technique would make you so much faster. Like, no endurance would make you faster than you just reducing drag in the water or getting your body lay higher in the water you know or improving your stroke so that that's definitely would be my advice and another advice would be to get ready if you want to be a college swimmer because it is 10 practices a week with you know however how many uh, lifting sessions you have in your program we we would have uh three uh, lifting sessions, so it, it comes up to 20 hours a, a week of you just dedicating to the sport, and it definitely takes more than that just because um, you need to be a swimmer outside of the pool too. You need to understand how to prepare your body, how to recover your body, how to eat, and all that stuff. So get ready. It's going to be tough, uh, but um, you're not going to be the first one who made through it, and you're not going to be the last one who made through it, You know who's going to make it through so, um, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's definitely my advice. Awesome. That's fantastic advice. And Marco, I really appreciate you taking your time to join. Um, one, I always say, and it's always true. The door is always open, um, to you. If you ever want to, to join the podcast again, it's always open if you're more than willing to, but I think it's been a really incredible conversation. I think you definitely, hopefully, get more people interested in the sport. And it's been a pleasure talking with you. Absolutely, same. I'm I'm happy to present swimming to a uh, to some audience. You know, I'm 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 more than happy to bring more people and uh, bring more attention to swimming. So thank you very much for uh, providing me with that opportunity too. Absolutely. And that is a wrap to episode 146. Thank you again 
to Marco for taking his time out of his day. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode and I hope everyone has a great rest of the day.